You put your all into delivering quality and value on time. And when your customer doesn't pay, it doesn't just hurt your feelings. It hurts your business. At MetCredit, we get it. We collect overdue receivables fast and treat your customers with respect. Go to MetCredit.com to get started. MetCredit, we get it. This is Overdue Advice, the podcast about how and why debt collection works for your business. Brought to you by MetCredit. Everybody pay up. Welcome to Overdue Advice, the podcast about cash flow strategies to grow your business. I'm Andrea Schwabi. Individuals, businesses, industries, and governments have struggled to cope with the pandemic. Understanding what's happening, why, what the risks and dangers are, and what to do about it affects everyone. It's glib to say things are a mess or they're going to be different. Of course they're a mess and of course they're going to be different. But how? Our guest this episode is going to try to help us wade through debt and credit in the COVID era. If your income is curtailed even a little, it can be real trouble, especially if you can't get a loan from a bank. Rare collection agencies like MetCredit are sensitive to the human equation. MetCredit connects debtors with third-party lenders who work to secure lending so debt can be managed affordably for a year with the goal of stabilizing the bad situation so they can become eligible for cheaper lending at banks and primary lenders. That was before the pandemic. Are things the same, better, or worse? Today, we're talking with Jade Samarja about access to capital and how his company, JMS Mortgages, is dealing with the pandemic and what trends he's seeing looking into the future. The last time we talked to Jade was shortly before the pandemic lockdown in March, so I started with the obvious question, how's your pandemic going? I mean, I mean, listen, in, in the beginning of the pandemic, everyone was kind of like, what's going on? What's going to happen? No one really knew where the markets were going. You know, home prices kind of dropped, things weren't selling, just because everything was just kind of, I, I guess, in, in the unknown, you know what I mean? Um, and... Just, you know, as we went through its first month, everything went back to normal for me, and it's been absolutely crazy. I mean, I'm closing more than ever. I'm busier than ever. And, uh, you know, thank God for that. What did you see right away? What was the first thing you saw at the start of the lockdown? Well, first of all, um, a lot of, I I guess, creditors, the vendors of the agencies um, were pulling back. Uh, business or were telling the agencies that they weren't allowed to call uh, the clients for a certain period of time, which, you know, really put the agencies in a position of, uh, you know, a panic because they had to send home a lot of their collectors and a lot of these collectors weren't working at the time. Um, and then they would keep a select few for certain products that were still moving ahead, uh, you know, full force. Um, the real portfolios that thrived and where, you know, it, it's allowed me to stay upfloat um, are the purchase uh, paper portfolios. So those are the agencies that buy the debts from the creditors, um, and they essentially own the debt now. So they have their collectors working from home, um, while there were some working from, uh, you know, the shops, but really mostly from home. But because they do own the paper, um, you know, they really had control of what they were doing uh, for their employees. Now, you, you rely on capital, obviously, to do your work because you're looking for capital to lend to, to debtors who've had some debt issues to help them get back out of it. Have you seen or has there been any kind of capital crunch at all? 
since the start of this? Yeah, in the beginning there was. Um, a lot of lenders were, um, I guess, holding back on what they would usually do or pulling back from what they would usually do. So instead of lending to, say, 85% of the value of the home, they would lend to 75%, which a 10% margin, you know, it's a large sum when it comes to, you know, the greater Toronto area, Vancouver, Alberta. Yeah, that could be like uh, 30, 40, 50,000 bucks. Easy. Exactly, which would, which would in some senses kill the deal. Um, and, you know, we were all kind of going like, what the heck? You know, we need this to happen. And, you know, as the pandemic went on, um, people kind of got used to this and the market started to go back up. Okay. We only seen really a decrease of the market when it, in, in March, I believe it was, when it first started. And then after that, it kind of went back to normal. But in the beginning, it was kind of scary for me because I didn't know how my investors were going to react or what they wanted to do. It's, it's uh, full force. Let's go. Um, you know, sure, there are some people that are still skeptical, but I've been able to find investors, you know, through meeting people and through word of mouth that are still as aggressive as needed in order to facilitate these deals for my clients and my shops. Um, in terms of, of the referrals you're getting, in the re- for the referrals you're getting, are they the same? Are they different? The referrals that I'm getting, well, they're pretty much the exact same in a sense. I mean, whether or not it's due to this pandemic or isn't um, these individuals that are falling into collections are in collections because of mispayments and, you know, it, it serve or not, or pandemic or not, it really isn't a big change in the type of referrals that I'm getting. The, the finance industry is going to change. Like, have you had to change what you're doing at all? I mean, that's a tough question. Have you had to change, yeah. you know, what you're, you know, like, is it, you know? Yeah. You know what? At, at this point, I, I have to be a little more sensitive with things um, because, look, we don't really know where we're going, especially since the second wave has come. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I don't know what's going to happen with respect to the, fi- the, the financial market and, and, and the housing market, and I, I don't know what's going to happen. So you have to be a little more sensitive with your clients in, in the sense of ensuring that we get everything wrapped up instead of just leaving one out as not enough. Um, I, I've really had to put myself in a position where I'm really educating these people in, in, in the sense of ensuring that they understand what they're getting into and they understand how to fix the problem that they currently have. There, there's, there's a lot of things that need to be done. I, I mean, especially with um, individuals that have less than perfect credit because you have to stay on top of them throughout the year, uh, especially right now, because we need to have a good exit strategy for the lender and for the investor. And we need to make sure that the client is on top of things because they can't go spending money that's, you know, you can't spend money on things you don't need to spend money on. You need to really understand what is necessary for you to have at a point in time. And other things, sure, when your credit gets better, and when you're in a better position, then maybe should go and buy the things that you want. But at this point in time, you just need to concentrate on really making sure that you take care of what is necessary. That's actually really good advice. I mean, and and part of the issue here is that so much of, of debt and credit is about 
psychology and stress and right you know the the pandemic has really stressed out people but now we're actually into a second wave and we're coming into the holidays you know in a month or two so that's going to be adding that pressure of i don't have money to buy gifts and you know all of that kind of thing when it comes to any sort of holiday a lot of people they they decide to go and spend money that they that they don't have and a lot of these people that do that end up falling into a really bad place. And I think we should be more cognizant of what is really going on at this point in time and not feel the pressure of having to go and purchase things for every family member. You know, everybody should should really understand why at this point. And there shouldn't be a need to splurge on things that aren't necessary. And the holiday season makes people do that. You know, unfortunately, that's that's something that you know is is unnecessary and it's something that hurts a lot of people so i think right now we really need to look at focusing on ourselves and focusing on what keeps us afloat you don't need to go spend $500 you know say at Holt Renfrew for a pair of jeans for your girlfriend or you know just whatever it is I'm just saying saying a name okay you could just you know, have a nice dinner at home. You could do something that's, you know, inexpensive, but but meaningful at the same time. There are so many things that you can do to really allow yourself to not spend money. You understand what I'm trying to say? The single biggest cause of bad debt write-offs is procrastination. With every day you wait, the chances of ever getting paid go down. At MetCredit, we get it. We collect business receivables fast. And if we don't succeed, you don't pay. Go to MetCredit.com and stop waiting for money you deserve. MetCredit, we get it. No, absolutely. I mean, a lot of it, it it seems to me that a lot of it is discipline, like just the ability to sort of say, I really, really want it, but I'm going to have to wait until I can afford it. And that's, I mean, so much of of debt and credit is is habits. And, you know, if you're in the habit of just getting the thing that you want all the time, this can be a real slap in the face. It's a real wake up call. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure it is. Definitely. Do you see any changes coming in the credit business or is it pretty much going to be everybody just feeling it out and, you know, like you say, being more sensitive to to both customers and consumers, but really trying to, you know, just sort of feel your way through it? Or how, how do you think this is going to shake out? Well, okay. So I, in the credit business, so listen, I, I, can, I can comment on mortgages in the sense of institutional and um, B financing products, meaning institutional being, um, you know, CIBC, yeah, TV, banks, and, yeah. um, you know, banks. Um, even companies like Merrick and Lenwise, stuff like that. And then going to B lenders such as First National or Haven Tree Bank, stuff like that. Okay. They've actually become much more, um, how do I say, um, they're, they're, they're looking at history you know, much more thoroughly than they used to. Oh, okay? interesting. Okay. Just to, ins- just to ensure that the client can really afford the product. Um, although they used to do that with their TDS and GDS ratios and income, they would still sometimes be able to just, you know, pass through, you get the right underwriter, you do whatever is needed. 
But now, even B lenders, such as Haven Tree Bank, um, you know, usually they lend in, in, in rural areas and, you know, damage credit, you know, um, income, sure, the TSGDS ratio is a little bit higher. That's not a problem. But now they're really holding back on it. So when I'm trying to get a client out from last year out of a private into a B lender, which is the way to go because you don't want them paying a high interest rate forever, okay, the B lenders are saying, well, you know, at this point, we don't really know. If they've been on CERB, they don't like it. It's just it's a lot more difficult to get things done going to institutional uh, lenders, okay, or going to those types of, um, of banks per se. However, they are actually giving much better interest rates to individuals that can afford it. You know, um, I, I know that there are some rates for like 1.89 with, with certain A lenders, which are great. That's awesome. You know, and if you can qualify for that, then you're laughing. You know, I, I'm at a point where I'm so busy now that I've had to hire, um, you know, some, some more team members, um, which is great because it's taking the load off my back. Um, you know, also, I, I, I left the, uh, the company that I was with prior. I started my own company. I'm actually now a broker. I'm not an agent anymore. Oh, congratulations. Um, you know, thank you very much. Yeah, so I, I'm expanding. I'm growing. Um, you know, if things are, like, like uh, I had said prior, uh, you know, very fruitful. Um, but I'm, I, I'm at a point where I'm super stressed, so I need to, you know, alleviate that stress on to different team members of mine. So with with the ending of the CERB, uh, the income supplement, and there's some other programs that have restart or started up in the, in its place, and some other programs that have gone to the side, and the business supplement has gone. What do you see happening in terms of debt and debt collection in the next six months or year? Because we've got this bubble, and now it's going to be gut check time. I've had some really great conversations, um, you know with Brian and, and other people as well. And we all, including myself, are anticipating that there are going to be larger numbers of um, clients, you know, being sent to the agencies for, um, for collection. I mean, I really think wholeheartedly that a lot of people are going to be in much more trouble than they are currently in during this pandemic. Um, a lot of people began using credit that they had that they would never use because it was unnecessary at the time. But because they're laid off or because their employment shut down or because the company can no longer support its staff and they were let go, um, you know, these people started using their pieces of credit that they didn't need to use. And they've used that to support their families, to, to pay their bills, to do whatever necessary to stay afloat. And then they fell behind and they couldn't afford the payments, not even the interest payments. And all of that stuff is being sent to collections for these agencies to collect upon. So you're going to have, uh, are you sort of bracing for impact in the next six months or so where there are going to be just a lot of situations where people desperately are going to try to avoid bankruptcy? I'm seriously bracing for impact. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm putting everything into play where need be. Um, and I'm preparing for a huge influx of business. Bankruptcy is not something that anybody should look at if they have equity in their homes, okay? 
if you file for bankruptcy, you literally just dug yourself a hole for seven years. Your bankruptcy, once it's discharged, that's when your credit starts to really rebuild itself and you start to become applicable again for an institution or for creditors, okay? Bankruptcy is something that should not ever be done unless it's the last, last option. And if there is sufficient equity in your home, a trustee will not be able to give you any sort of bankruptcy. You may be able to file for consumer proposal, but then again, you're paying into, um, you know, into a product in which will then distribute monies settled or, you know, whatever they um, have agreed upon for creditors, but the creditors need to agree to it. And if not enough creditors agree, then the uh, proposal will not. So it's getting complicated now. Like, not that it wasn't complicated Listen, before, but. Yeah. It's always been complicated, I mean, but it's just going to be a different way of doing things come the future for sure. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say about that. I mean, like, listen, right now, I, I, I believe that people just need to be much more cognizant of what they're doing. They, they shouldn't be living life like they were prior to this pandemic. Although it's difficult to not live like that, you have to see what is necessary and what isn't. Everybody Pam! Knowing your priorities is how this episode of Overdue Advice ends. Thank you to CEO of JMS Mortgages, Jade Samarja, for taking time in what's becoming a very busy time in the world of credit and lending. Met Credit is on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Met Credit. Visit Brian Sommerfeld's blog at blog.metcredit.com. It also includes several useful tools and calculators to assess your business debt risk. We want to hear from you. Subscribe, like, or leave a review to the podcast, or share it with a friend or business associate. It really does help others find important information. You can drop us a line at overdueadvice at metcredit.com. Overdue Advice is the podcast about cash flow strategies to grow your business. Thanks for listening. I'm Andre Schwabi. You run a business, you're successful. You don't wait for things to happen. You make them happen. So why aren't you collecting what's owed to you? The longer you wait, the less chance you'll ever see a cent. So call Met Credit. We're your local debt recovery team, serving businesses of all sizes since 1973. And don't worry, we play nice. We're here to uphold your reputation and relationships. And speaking of nice, if we don't collect, you don't pay. Zero risk. Get to know us for when you need us at metcredit.com.